Welcome to Steam Powered Scoundrels, a Malifaux podcast. Episode 19 Nerf or Nothing. Hey, folks. I'd like to interrupt this episode to uh, quickly plug ourselves, Steam Powered Scoundrels. We're, uh, we're finally going to do it. We've got a Patreon going. Hooray. Anyways, um, decided that we're going to go ahead and put ourselves out there and hopefully get some support. I mean, I'd really, really appreciate it. If you like sending us a few bucks, you'll get in on some uh, patron-only mini-sodes. I believe I already got one out there. Early access to new episodes and uh, voting and suggesting future episode titles and f- topics for Friday Night Photo. As well, any goodies we start coming up with, uh, you guys will be in the running for or get, depending on what level uh, you decide to pledge at. So... Reason we're doing this is we want to improve our sound quality. Editing podcasts is by far the lion's share of the effort we have put into this podcast, and having better sound equipment and better software will make that a lot easier for all of us. So that's, you know, our baseline goal. We just want to make a better podcast. Anything above that, we want to start getting into making stuff. While merchandise is pretty pretty easy to do, we want to get into token making and maybe a few other things. I don't know, if you feel like giving us a whole ton of money, um, we can start doing videos. Battle reports be fun, but like um, how-to videos, like an instructional series on YouTube on how to play Malifaux, stuff like that. I would absolutely love to do it, but it's going to be a money thing, and right now we don't have that. So if you like the idea, or you just like us and want to send us a few bucks, I absolutely appreciate it. If you can't, don't worry, we're not going to like start avoiding you. We're still going to be putting out the same stuff, still be reliable, but we would just like to do a little more, and we need your help to do that. All right. I'm done. Not done rambling. Let's get on to the episode. Uh, I guess we can't really have the conversation where I interject with something hilarious because we don't have the time. So, <laughs> welcome everyone to Steam Powered Scoundrels. I am your host, Doug. And with me are two other guests Roman. Hello. And Dave, returning from the grave. I rise. Today we'll be going over some nerfs. Nothing official, of course, but this is us taking a crack at trying to fix some of the models that you said were broken. And if you didn't say they were broken, we're saying they're broken. And we might not actually be saying that, but we're just trying to come up with uh, an even number of models and things across each faction. So for you with maybe not the most powerful faction, we're not saying these things actually need to happen. Just, uh, you know, the top top models currently that exist. Um, so what happened was that I put out a poll on every Facebook group uh, pertaining to a specific faction and asked people to tell me what was uh, the model that need the mo- what models needed the most fixing in each faction and then a different poll for uh, models that needed buffing the most and that'll be another episode which will be coming out soon I guarantee it. So Taking that information, we went through it. We picked out models that we thought we could come up with good solutions for. And um, it's pretty much the stuff on the top of it, although we did uh, have a couple audibles in certain situations. And um, again, this is a huge disclaimer. We are doing this for fun. None of us are game designers. We didn't spend a whole ton of time thinking about game balance. This is more of a fun thought experiment um, where we can flex our brains a little bit and it's again have fun so we'll go ahead and get into that real quick but first up i set some ground rules for the three of us 
One, no price changes. Um, that is usually the easiest and most eloquent way of fixing a model, either up or down. And that doesn't take a lot of thought and creativity, as good of a fix as it is. So for the purposes of this podcast, I said no price changes. So you actually have to come up with something smart. And then after that, it is try to keep the model as close to its feel, its uh, play style, its fluff as much as possible. So even if it's one thing is really, really stupid good, if it's the thing that's like most representative of it, you should try and keep that if you can. And uh, we'll have a very good example for the very first thing. So are you guys ready to get into this lovely nerf episode? As we'll ever be. Oh, oh. yeah. All right, cool. Okay, uh, we're going alphabetical through the factions. And first up is Arcanists. Now, Arcanists gave me a decent amount of feedback. However, it was for only a few specific models, and then it just kind of dropped off. So a couple of these we had to just uh, pull out of our heads and say, hey, this is... Uh, this can maybe use a little bit of a, a little bit of an adjustment. So, at the very top of the list is the Steam Arachnid Swarm, and I went ahead and picked this because I think I have a very, very smart fix, and y'all are gonna love it because it does absolutely nothing to the one thing you hate the most about the model. <laughs> so get ready to hate me because I'm gonna lead off with. Uh, okay, first, first up, first up, uh, we need to um, we need to tack on a built-in ram into that uh, melee attack of theirs. All right? You with me? You with me so far? Okay, cool. And then we're going to give them crit strike as well. Everyone good? Everyone uh, fine and not tilted at all. You right? Okay, This cool. seems fair and balanced. I this love seems it. super fair and balanced. Okay, and then what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and actually look at the uh, its lesser-known cousin, the one model that almost no one brings in the faction. And we're going to look at the lovely Steam Arachnid. The thing about the Steam Arachnid is that it doesn't hit very hard. It's got a pretty weak damage track. And the Steam Arachnid Swarm is just a bunch of Steam Arachnids. So what would be a better fix than to just give it the damage track of the Steam Arachnid? So it suddenly goes down to a 1, 2, 3 damage track. And now all you Arcanists out there that are abusing this model actually have to pick what you want to do with the model. You can deal a little bit of extra damage with crit strike or you can you can get blasts off with devit sustaining strike or you can still use that onslaught if you so choose but you're not hitting for nearly as much damage and of course you can use your coming with me if you want which uh no one ever uses so i didn't bother addressing it but i think that's probably the one thing i would give them the most and if it ends up being like still too good you could possibly knock down that stat by one because it's more or less stat seven in most cases and um if that or as a different fix you could probably take off strength and numbers i don't see that being as incredibly essential but um i would just be first adjusting the damage track and giving them crit strike so that's my idea for the steam reacted swarm do you guys have uh any rebuttals any opinions on it no i like it i the one thing i would say is changing it down to a one two three is a really cool idea. I, I like that making it work like a regular arachnid. I would say if you do that, keep the strength in numbers. It gives them that little boost, but it also gives the opponent a very focused reason to be like, no, 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 no. I at least want you at half wounds. Otherwise, you're probably doing like three or four damage every time you hit me, which granted won't be four times anymore unless you're not doing the four damage, which helps a lot. 
What do you think about that, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the changes. Just it is too much right now and definitely needs to come down. So that would make it more still to keep it very thematic and still keep it usable. So I do like. Okay. You don't have to agree with me if you don't want, just by the way. As long as they are no longer, you know, in every list, I'm happy. As long as they are incapable of putting out 20 damage, I'd be happy too. Because I, I want to bring them, but I don't now because I feel bad. And they, they're good at other things. But anyways, we can't stick around because we got seven factions to go through. So next up, Dave, what do you got? Um, the first step of designing an Arcanist list is put magical training on something. Because you're Arcanist, so you need to have your, your card lake, your Arcane Reservoir. Um, <laughs> so I'm saying just drop shielded. You don't need it. Counterspell isn't great, but you got to pay for the Arcane Reservoir. So yeah, I say just drop shielded, keep your Arcane Reservoir, and that's probably better. Because yeah, just having free shielded on a squishy model isn't super fun to play against. Okay. I had a suggestion for this, which was just to make it living only. We already have, we Arcanists, Arcanists already have a upgrade that's only for constructs. So I figure why not make one that's only for living models? Because I think the real issue is you couple this with either the Steamaracted Swarm or the Soulstone Miner, and with the Soulstone Miner, they're just gone for a good portion of the game, so it can't be it can't be taken off the board, which I think is has to be a solution for this upgrade. So I don't think there's any living model that can just sort of disappear, and at least not a living minion, which is what I would kind of go off of. Roman, I agree with your take of make it living only. My rebuttal to this is actually kind of wrapped up in my next uh, model, so I'll cover that here in a second. <laughs> okay, what's your next model, then? The ever-lovable, uh, so-squishable Soulstone Miner. Oh, why, why you gotta hate on the Cheese Snake? Oh, I love the Cheese Snake, uh, because he is my best friend. Because there are quite a few minions in Arcanist that are a little squishy for their costs, if they aren't either of the Swarm or the Soulstone Miner which is one reason those two are seeing so much play. The Swarm especially, because it also eats everything in its path. And it's a the hungry boy. He's growing. It is. It is. He's a growing boy, and no one should hate him for that. Uh, but the Miner itself, I think you hit the nail on the head exactly right. It's the combination of the Miner and Magical Training as it is currently to protect our seven-card hand, which we need to jump through a few extra hoops, along with Miner also gaining more Soul Stones for us. I don't think either of those is the problem, but it's the combination put together that makes it a really tough nut to crack. So what I would say is by making magical training living only, as you said, you can't put it on the soulstone miner. And then the miner itself, yeah, it's going to be unburying where you need it, but that's them being good because of that isn't a problem of them. That's a problem of the current schemes. And I would hope slash expect future gaining grounds are not going to have as many just show up in this area and get points schemes. Which, because uh, of real quick, that's outflank, that's take prisoner, that's that hold up their forces, technically, claim jump, and anything? Breakthrough. Uh, breakthroughs show up and have a scheme marker, 
but they can you can have somebody else get a scheme marker there and then these guys can pop up and be outside of three inches away from an enemy model because while they can't pop up in or within six inches of the deployment zone they pop up as a bonus and if you don't gain stun that turn you can then move them twice for 10 inches so you have to give up getting a stone for it, but they can they can greatly help with the first point of breakthrough. Yeah, but yeah. So that's that's quite a number of schemes that are just show up. I think that is better addressed via gaining grounds, going show up and do a thing. Maybe not on everything because they're a good tech piece. That's they long. just shouldn't be able to do it in a third of the schemes, which is more the problem at the moment. As long as they also like get rid get rid of deliver a message, I'll be happy. I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. Okay. Dave, do you have any suggestions for the Soulstone Matter? It sounds like you guys covered it pretty well. It just it has a lot on its kit, including it creates hazardous terrain, which Doug bad touched me with that with <laughs> Ironsides uh, our last game. So I'm highly against pit traps at this point. Well to be fair, don't, I told you how to don't beat, play into bio. <laughs> beat that. I do have a suggestion for kind of fixing it with the current gaining grounds, if you will uh, listen to me. Of course, you'll have to listen to me because it's my podcast. Yes. I think that the Soulstone Miner should become insignificant. I think it should be insignificant, and I think it should have a bonus action that can let it drop a scheme marker as long as it's unengaged. Ooh. So we kind of go I like that. that. We kind of go back to Malifaux Raptors from M2E. Yeah. I, I mean, still you'd have to go to some idea. Well, Raptors only had that one upgrade that was problematic. This, they can drop a ski marker if they haven't... I mean, they, they, they can drop a ski marker if they haven't unburied. And it's still slightly better because this way you ignore the restrictions against interacting and uh, the distance. But other than that, it still can't score breakthrough. It still can't score all those other schemes we talked about. And suddenly it's a tech piece for, oh, I need this model to be able to like pop up where I need it. And deny. it becomes more of a denial thing than anything. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have issues with it being insignificant, being able to deny things. Because insignificant models don't count for schemes at all. So you might have to tweak that to it's insignificant in terms of scoring points. Uh, I I like the the spirit of the idea. Like you said, we're not game designers. We don't have to work out that English. No. Okay. Uh, Roman, you're next. Again, double me. Go yay. So this is one of the uh, models that we kind of had to dig for. It got, I think, two votes in our uh, whole uh, poll that we put out, which was the Corfi duet. Uh, and I get it. Uh, you two people out there that thought this is significantly a problem. It's got high defense, it's got armor, it's got crazy movement and weird replace shenanigans, but it's 11 stones. That whole crew... It's 12 kinda stones. Need, oh, 12 stones, pardon me. Uh, it is the one 12 stone non-master model in the game. It's going to be a little weird to do it. If you're really having issues dealing with it, bring anti-armor. You're facing Arcanist, it's generally a good idea anyway. And go listen to the uh, Third Floor Wars Colette Deep Dive. I literally talk you through how to beat the crap out of that crew at the end of it. As far as if you really want a nerf on this model, maybe remove Execute. I think I've actually killed one thing with it anyway, and it was because it was already down to two wounds. 
it's mostly a resource drain happy accident <laughs> anything else if you really hit this model too hard in the right way you're gonna really need to help the rest of the keyword because this and colette are the big distraction pieces keeping the rest of the crew alive long enough to actually do things okay dave any thoughts please don't touch my coffee duet because then they can't hire them with Hinamatsu and make more sword blenders. Please no. <laughs> um, sword blenders. I love it. I have I have one suggested change. And that's go down to a move five. That's it. Just Where t- are they s- right now? Move six. Mm-hmm. Not that it's it's the exact same sort of logic as with the uh, Steam Arachnid Swarms. The Corifei duet is just two Corifei. How did it suddenly get faster? That's 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 my logic. That's my only suggestion. That was kind of out the top but of my head. By by that logic, how did it get plus one defense and plus one willpower? Uh, fair. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, that said, I don't I don't think it's a bad idea. Oh. Um, yeah. No, I I could see that. It it'll make a little screwiness, but that crew also has some pretty good movement shenanigans. So I can maybe I can maybe argue that like somehow the power of teamwork made them able to like defend each other and be slightly less dumb robots. <laughs> I dig it. I, I'm, st- I'm just grasping at straws here. All right. So those are l- literally all the things. Okay. Not literally all the things people voted on. I think Colette was on there as well. So I just let Roman pick between the two and Roman went with <laughs> Corfe duets. Uh, so these other two are just ones we're kind of guessing at. Because I believe everyone agreed that it was just the, uh, it was mostly just the steam arachnid swarms and the soulstone mire and not much of anything else. So, uh, it was recommended to be to me by a one Kyle Bodie of Schemes and Stones that Kandara might be slightly. So, and Kyle's suggestion to me was Kandara. Now I haven't heard a lot about Sandeep like at all this edition and like just on paper he seems pretty darn tootin' good and I don't know if it's just like people don't want to deal with like play him after the kind of burnout that happened at the end of last edition but I mean they seem pretty good academic seems pretty good and Kandara I mean she brings a mantra like all the other academics but hers is just just draw a card just draw a card that seems really good considering how many like elementals you can bring and, and a crew if you really wanted to and of course she's just she's getting a card herself a lot uh, as well as that uh she also gets uh divine strike built into her stat seven throw knife uh ranged attack that says uh target model and every enemy model within two inches of it gain staggered and that's really good Staggered uh, doesn't get a lot of attention, but uh, especially range staggered is just just crazy because it can shut down a good number of crews that rely on um, getting into melee. And then, you know, as well as like any sort of movement shenanigans they have with other with other models. And the fact that you're just doing it on a pulse for hitting something just you just got to hit it. It doesn't do a ton of damage uh, unless you're getting moderate or severe, but. Yeah, as far as fixes for her, this is a model that I don't think needs a ton of changes. Obviously, because no one suggested it outside of uh, a friend. So I would think maybe tweak Mantra to instead be draw a card, be a card cycle. So draw a card, discard a card. 
Because I think that's generally just slightly less good than drawing cards. Yes? I can, I can see that. Yeah. At least you're not, like, building up a big, big hand. You're not making up a giant hand. You're just... You're at the same number of cards you started with, so if you're being forced to discard or something, you're still not... You're still in kind of a rough spot. But yeah, that's all I'd really do. And we'll see if uh, she comes up as a powerful model later on. But uh, we got one last model to go. Hey, Dave, why you gotta do this to me? Uh, because Diesel Engine exists. You've got, as an enforcer, you've got Charge Through, so you get plus on your damage flip on a charge, and Sputtering Exhaust, you have Concealment, so you're hard to hit from range before he comes in and eats you uh, with his 7-inch charge. We're talking about the Emissary yeah. here. Yes, the Arcane Emissary. Sorry. Okay. I got ahead of myself because Diesel Engine and, <laughs> and Arcane Emissary make me sad. Well, I'm, I'm glad to make you sad, Dave. I'm surprised people don't complain more about the Arcane Emissary. But, um, yeah, that's actually a pretty simple solution. Um, I guess if I want to be really, really nice to the rest of the universe, I could suggest an alternative to that of maybe bringing it down to a one-inch range so you're less likely to be able to charge zero inches to hit something. But Frenzy Charge is all right. It's still decently mobile. Just not just taking, taking that edge off. Taking that edge off. Okay, um, that's it for Arcanist. Let's move right along. Next up al- alphabetically is the Bayou. So, top of the key, um, Bayou Faction was relatively generous with coming up with stuff for us to fix, so we got a good number of models. Um, and Dave uh, had a bit of a bone to pick with the Bayou and a model specifically, so he actually added one in himself, so he wants to talk about that. Why don't you go ahead, Dave? Yeah, so I have been playing with a zip list that is the construct pit crew where you have Earl and you have Sparks and then you bring as many constructs as you can to keep them alive. So I brought the Whiskey Golem with me, which by itself for two turns tanked against two Ronin and a third model. I forget what it was. Without much effort and then just smashed two of them before it finally went down. Uh, because of beer goggles and splashing poison onto everything. Uh, it's very durable. It's very fast. It hits very hard. I'm not certainly, I'm not certain what to actually change on the model. I don't really want to drop nimble per se, but that would probably be an easy change because it's still a relatively quick model for being a big golem. So that would actually give you, make you make some choices rather than just making this a punching missile. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely see that being an issue. I didn't realize it did all that much stuff. Oh, goodness. Now actually looking at the card for really the first time. Oh, goodness. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that since you said it tanked two Ronin, they just weren't hitting, because I know their swords like natively ignore armor. Yeah, but when they have poison, they have beer goggles, so everything's on negatives. So if Unless they discard a card. Which he, by the time he got over... To the golem, he was out of cards because zip and being mm-hmm. awesome. Okay, so it, it, it may have been misplaying on my opponent, but it was surprisingly very effective. Hmm. Okay, well, again, this is not us like saying these are the ones that need to be fixed. So, if you definitely have something you hate, you're more than willing to bring it up. Or I guess you you, you realize that this was too good, so this is your PSA, Dave. Yeah, I don't see it being talked about much, but it's a very good pick, uh, regardless. Plus, having two models that can just hit it 
that can be drug around by Iron Skeeters was very helpful for keeping it for even longer with uh, Sparks coming in and just hitting it to keep it up for a little bit longer. Oh, goodness. Um, let's see. I'm trying to come up with like a suggestion for all these if I can. Maybe make Smashed only poison one. Yeah, because once he hits, then you're probably not hitting him unless you're focusing to hit, and then it's only one attack. Well, I think it's more of like more poison. you don't need to put that much poison on them for for an attack that already does three, four, six. Oh yeah, and then he also has ignite fumes. So depending on how much burn, how much poison you have, you're probably gaining a bunch of burning. Okay. Um. Next up, first mate Roman. Yeah, so I like the first mate. He's a good boy, but he's kind of got a little of what I've been calling Archie syndrome. He does everything and he's does it really well. Too many arms. No, the, the first mate actually has the correct number of arms, but he's got that tail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, he, he does just a little bit of everything, and he's hard to pin down in this case. He's mobile. He is hard to get at with uh, stealth and on top of all that he can get three attacks a turn with the trigger off of his leap and with the built-in crit strike other than the the attack off the leap you're getting min three twice and then min two once at a stat six Oof. yeah my my solution to him is remove the built-in ram on his on his attack so he's at a Two, three, five damage, which for a, a scheming, survivable henchman is still pretty good. Uh, you still have the crit strike there. He can stone for the car if you really, or for the ram, and then cheat it in to really hit you if he needs to, but he's not going to do it all the time. Yeah. So I would remove that, and then if he's still a little too good, just take the sudden strike trigger off of his leap. Yeah. I guess I'm not sure what you're spending stones on in a uh, zip crew, so. I, yeah, if you if you want that extra attack, you can definitely get it, but uh, it's definitely yeah. burning a stone. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure because it, going with the uh, retaining their flavor, I think stealth and butterfly jump is kind of like its thing. Yeah, but that's such a damn good combination. Well, and right now he's honestly overshadowing uh, Mancha in the keyword, who's supposed to be the beater, and I'm like, I could get the beater. Or I could get the guy who beats almost as hard, but can also switch gears into butterfly jumping away from you to go scheme. Okay. I like it. Dave, any thoughts? Oh, okay. Uh, I was trying to see if all Silurids had leap or not. So I was going to say maybe swap out leap for ambush just to make that less good. But yeah, it looks like all Silurids do have leaps that would be not very thematic. Yep, they are the leaping catfish lizards. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't. I mean, they kind of have a lizard tail, but I always figured them to be catfish bullfrogs. Yeah, that works too. Okay, Remy Lacroix. All right, so this guy is essentially Gremlin Hans, except okay. he's cheaper. <laughs> okay, by two stones. Now I can't say make him more expensive, but what I can you say can't. is, well, I can't on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, But what I would say, uh, after consulting our uh, gremlin specialist of Nate from previous episodes quite a few times on this, uh, we kind of put our heads together and said, swap out his advanced scope, which says he, or advanced sights, which ignores concealment and friendly fire for expert shot. 
so he just ignores friendly fire. That that can bring him down quite a bit. He might need a little more tweaking on top of that because personally, I would still want him to be one more cost than that. But I can't say that here. No, you can't. Um, but yeah, so we might need a little tweaking after that. Maybe swap out one of the uh, the triggers he has on his gun. He has two different ones that do armor piercing. But I also know that it's kind of hard to come by armor piercing in the bayou, so might not be the best thing to take that away from him. That gun, though. I mean, typical sniper or clockwork rifle, 14-inch. I think you could actually just knock that down a little bit, too. That might take a bit of the edge off. I mean, his gun does not does not look like a sniper. We've, we've been over this multiple times. <laughs> that uh, I keep forgetting the name of what the gun is. It's a knock gun. Yeah, the knock gun. The knock... It's... 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 it's yeah. Make it, make it like a 12. Just take the edge off. Yeah. I, I mean, go with your thing, but also maybe knock it down to 12 if you need a little more. Yeah, 12 but need it, but leave it still with sniper. So you're still shooting 22 inches, just not 24 inches. I can see that. Okay. Uh, Dave, anything? Uh, so you guys pretty well covered it. I mean, once you can get to him, he goes down pretty quick. So don't want to like remove quick retreat or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, changing a clockwork rifle for something that's 12 or 10 inch would probably be fine, especially because it has swift action. So you can just shoot three times at 10 inches out or 20 inches in 10, 10. Uh, that seems pretty good. All right. We are on to Doug. Doug is gonna go with uh, Doug is gonna go with Big Brain Bryn. I think like the overarching answer is like if you have more time and more smarts than we do, you probably start with Ma first because uh, like a good amount of Trixie models are the ones that made it onto this list for Bayou. But adjusting Ma is gonna take a lot more time and effort than I'm willing to put in. So I'm just gonna go with the stuff around her. And the first thing that I'm gonna go attack is Big Brain Bryn. Big Brain Bryn sucks. I mean, he's great. He's a great model. He's so fluffy and fun and hilarious. But he does a lot of really good stuff for very, very cheap. Like, uh, on the front of his card, uh, he he's discarding for, for good things in a crew that, according to Nate, who knows a thing or two about Bayou, uh, can draw cards pretty, pretty reliably. So, I think... Let's start with Calculate the Possibilities. First up, everyone was doing this wrong for, like, the first six months, uh, nine months of the game. But that's cool. You gotta actually pay the cost before you do any of the actual stuff on the card. So, uh, you can't use it with intuition. I guess you could use intuition to determine whether or not you actually want to take Calculate the Possibilities. I mean, there's, there's corner cases where it's better now because, say, you flip all low cards, you can just purposely fail the uh the duel to just not take anything back but overall i think that's one thing that can kind of bring him back is if people are playing him the way the according to the rules but still i think it's really stinking good uh first thing is calculate the possibilities i think should maybe be a bonus action you should only be able to do it once there's not a ton of times you can find him uh doing it twice but taking away that option is better because nothing sucks worse than suddenly their deck is cut in half and it's only good and like a bunch of good cards go back in alternatively alternatively you want to be huge jerk you can't shuffle back in jokers that might help a little bit and then on top of that i think now this is assuming that like some of the card shenaniganry will be dropped somewhere else 
I think Shireen countenance one is is not for him just on a name basis, and two, I think let's 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 go in here and let's also make it a discard effect. And uh, knew you were gonna do that as a discard. Protected by you as a discard. Let's make it the discard version of Serene countenance and go with intimidating authority, which just by by description I think fits Big Brain Brain better. So those are my two things. Say that five times fast. Uh, Big Brain Brin goes from Serene Countenance to uh, Intimidating Authority and Calculate the Possibilities becomes a bonus action. There. Done. Any thoughts, you two? Nope. I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, that would really fix a lot of the issues we have here. Okay. Next up uh, is me again. I have picked... Now, um, I did, I think, earlier specified models, but really it's models or upgrades to be fixed. So this is... I guess we already did, we already did, we already did magical training, so never mind. All this is pointless. I picked 12 cups of coffee. I think for those of you that have dealt with 12 cups of coffee will understand why I picked 12 cups of coffee. Uh, everything on it is really stupid good. Diversion is really good and debilitating for certain uh, models or certain keywords. Mark territory is a little bit more situational, but also... Uh, really good. And you can even like cheese it to give yourself a butt ton of focus if you want. Um, and then twitchy, the one thing that everyone absolutely hates on top of the, um, test subjects can give you what 15, 16, 17, 18 inches of free movement and it, and okay. around, which is just, yep. it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So first of all, um, Twitchy can be brought down to something more reasonable. I think it should be either like enemy models or friendly models. Either way, just cut that number in half. I think friendly models, because that would sort of encourage you to bring a gremlin spam list, which I think is more fun. So after another friendly model ends its activation, if this model is unengaged, this model may move up to one inch. Cool. Suggestion that I want to pull you guys for, because it might be too good, but I think it might actually be better to switch twitchy and diversion because to me while twitchy is good diversion is the better ability and i think the best ability on upgrades should be the minion only one because minions traditionally are a lot easier to kill and that's sort of the solution for good abilities on upgrades is you can kill the model so you switch twitchy and diversion suddenly only minions can be the ones that are forcing uh that are denying uh bonus actions but I can see, like, Twitchy being really, really good on, on Masters, on Henchmen, and stuff like that. So I wanted to hear what you guys think. In general, I agree with you that the strongest thing on the upgrade should probably be the minion thing. In this case, however, putting Twitchy on your Master or Beater Henchman is, <laughs> is going to, I think, cause more problems than it fixes by right. moving Diversion off of them. And again, this is going down to the um, friendly models. I was assuming we do the friendly models change. Yeah, no, I and I, I agree that is a good change to Twitchy in general. I still think if you give me the ability to, on a different model's activation, go, oh, I just uh, handed out more poison with, let's say, fingers, or whoever that is not currently Brewmaster, and I'm going to move my Brewmaster one inch. Oh, look, the thing that I just put the extra poison on was just outside of eight inches on Brewy, and now it's in? So now you definitely take extra poison damage at the end of the turn, assuming it's the end of the turn. And if it's not, 
you're probably having enough poison to gain slow right away, which I wouldn't have been able to do had I been stuck where I was with Brewy. That's a problem. What about Squeal? Switching Twitchy for Squeal. Hmm. I was almost thinking of you know, something completely different where you move Mark Territory also under Minion. I think all upgrades are traditionally two abilities and then one additional one for a minion. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but I'm thinking mark territory on bigger models to get that easy focus is also really good. Yeah. For a four. I, I guess I don't know how easy it is to spam ski markers in a small area with gremlins. Not that easy that I'm familiar with, but I'm also not Nate, so Okay. Well, we'll let we'll let Nate listen to this, and then you can tell us what's what's wrong with it. Moving on. Next is Dave. Yes. So we don't really have much Bayou activity around here. So I was just kind of we're kind of digging around for some models that didn't make it on our hole here, and Rooster Rider came up. And after looking through all of what Ma does, which is a belligerent amount of things. Uh, having a seven stone model that has access to very easy focus, reckless, grit, uh, frantic, and frenzy, frenzied charge—that's a lot of plus flips for a model that has the uh, what is it—a two three five or two four five stat. Looking up, I'm losing my voice. And by yeah, losing two, my voice, two, uh, I mean two, my, two four five. My voice is getting sexy. <clears throat> Two four five, uh, holy sh! Yeah, two four five. It's range zero, but if you have reckless, sure, I'm gonna go ahead and just charge on in because I have frenzy charge. I'm probably on positive flips due to grit or just having focus to do that. Toss in rip and tear, and then you take that action again with the plus twist duel. That's a lot for melee for a seven stone model with a move seven. So uh, I'm thinking either remove grit. Or remove frenzied charge because they're both thematic, but I don't think the model needs both because it can also sit there and do reckless and shoot three times from fourteen inches away, doing two, three, five. So that's also quite good. Yeah, um, I mean, my suggestion would be uh, knock that gun down to like a shotgun range or something, which I don't think you said. So that's going to be my counter suggestion. Um, <laughs> yeah. If I had to pick between the two, I think keeping the grit frantic is a little more thematic because everyone can sort of picture a, a spooked chicken, just feathers and <laughs> claws everywhere. So yeah, out of the two of yeah. them, I would, I would keep the, keep the grit frantic. It, it was a complete twin, co- or twin, co- twin toss as to which one I would want to remove. Okay. Anything to add? Roman? Nope. Just that at some point I want an alternate rooster rider that has a uh, muppety blue something riding it instead of a gremlin. (laughs) Okay. Next faction is the guild. And very first thing on our show notes here is another disclaimer. People got a little little must about us even suggesting that the guild needed any nerfs. And so I will reiterate that this is for fun. We're just doing even numbers across all the factions. I think most of us can agree that Guild probably needs the most help out of all the factions, generally. So, um, obviously, don't pay too much attention to what we're saying here. These are just the best models we could find, and we gotta tweak something. So, uh, let's get into it. First up is Dave with the Lone Marshal. 
Oh, I hate this model. <laughs> he's re- he's good. He's he's one of the few really good models in the faction, I think. Uh, this model has basically master stats at cost nine, can hit you from 21 inches away with run and gun, uh, with two, four, five with crit strike, which you're going to have crit strike. It also, I mean, startles not as, not too bad, but yeah, it's got ruthless. It's hard to wound six, six stats, move seven, uh, nine wounds. I don't know. Remove one or two wounds. Uh, just so if you can get to it, it'll actually go down, uh, would be my suggestion. Cause I'm sure because running guns very thematic. I don't want I don't, I hate that ability in the game in general, but it's thematic. It's remove wounds or change long carbine to something less accurate than a stat seven, because you're on a horse. You're not going to be that accurate. Yeah. Just t- uh, tuning this down a little bit, I think would make it a little less of a negative experience. For someone like me who plays Titania, who relies on concealment to exist. Yeah, no, I fully agree. And it's just a, it's a weird theme. I was like, why are models that are on mounts suddenly more accurate at shooting? Rooster Riders don't have a hugely high stat, but they still have a range 14. And I figure you would not be able to shoot at that distance with any accuracy on a giant chicken. But uh, I mean, if you lose the horse on a mounted guild guard they suddenly drops two stats on their gun because apparently the gut the horse is the one shooting the gun and the horse is a better shot than your typical guild guardsman yeah it's guild that makes sense so oh yeah lone marshal also has unnatural vigor so as it eats away all of your minions it heals so it's even more ready to lose a couple wounds because it needs to actually take damage i agree lone marshal's really really good I think, like, one of the... F- Lady Justice is arguably one of the better guild keywords. Uh, Marshall is one of the better cu- guild keywords. But, like, average-wise, I still think they're, like, maybe just slightly above average, if that, throughout the entire game. So, I don't want to adjust these things too hard. But I agree that that's a- too much stuff. I would... Hmm. I mean, he is riding a horse, so it's kind of like the riders. And I'll just, I'll just preempt this with, like, I think all the riders could use a bit nudging, one or the other. And my, I, I think initially my suggestion is to just get rid of hard to wound, uh, not only for the lone marshal but for all the riders, because that's a high defense. Plus, for them, for the, for the riders, it's hard to wound. And um, their defensive trigger that lets you reduce damage, which isn't as good as people think it is, I think. But for uh, two solo stones less and not having that, uh, it's still really good on the low marshal. So I would suggest uh, getting rid of hard to wound. Because, you know, if I think the idea, the, the play into him, the good skill players are going to keep him out of arm's reach. And so if he gets, if he gets caught, I think he should get punished. So that's my suggestion. My two cents here is, while I think the hard-to-wound idea is good, I doubt they'd do it thematically, because that is one of the abilities shared by all the marshals. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, what I would argue is the guns in the game, one of the signs of a, a really good gun is it ignores concealment. And then if it's a really, really good gun, it also ignores cover. I would say flip those. Like, 
a, a good gun ignores cover and the really, really good guns, like some very good snipers like Hans ignore concealment. Cause right now just a lot of, of gun lines will just chew through a lot of Neverborn that survive off concealment to Tanya specifically. And the, uh, the Marshall by himself, I think you could drop him from a seven to a six stat. I could do that. Yeah, I could see that. I, I forgot that hard to win was a, was in keyword. I'm not following my own damn rules. So I'm I, the I think worst. What? If you switch, I think if you switch that long carbine to clockwork rifle, I think that gives us exactly that because clockwork ignores cover, and I think it's still that six fourteen inch. I think. I think oh, and, and he doesn't need to be a, a fourteen inch range either on a move seven horse. <laughs> I think you could also dump him down to defense five. Because <laughs> hard to wound is thematic, but a high defense is not. But horse armor. Well, I guess the recruiters are defense six. I should just shut up. I'm going to shut up now. Yes. Attack. The, the, lessen the stat. Stop ignoring concealment. Here, let me rant about the whole concealment cover thing. The reason I think that gun lanes are, are much better in this edition is because there's 101 different abilities to sort of affect melee attacks. But I, th- I think I kind of feel like weird established cover and concealment as like okay these are the things that make uh shooting negative cool we don't need very many uh special abilities that also make shooting harder because we've got these and then we're just going to hand out a whole bunch of guns and models that ignore these two rules that are kind of set there to keep things alive yeah no i agree if you're good if you're good at shooting then you're going to ignore these things and the things that are good at shooting are the things that shouldn't ignore them that well uh that's a very poor way of putting that i ignore that what i just said but um that's just how i feel and it's not as bad of as oh man gunlands are just ridiculous like i kind of thought at the beginning of the edition but that's sort of the thing is like you just don't see a lot of unique interesting ways to counter shooting it's it just seems to be like relying on covering concealment it relies yep. on you following Weird's recommendation of 50% terrain coverage to give models that live on concealment a chance to actually get delivered. But if you're bringing a bunch of stuff that ignores that, it's an even bigger advantage for you because now the melee model needs to dodge the terrain to get to you. Right. Okay, anyways, enough about the Lone Marshal. Next up, Roman! So, Agent 46. I love him. He's fantastic. He's a pain in the ass to play against. Uh, which is fine. That works great in a Lucius crew. And I, one thing that guild has the least of at the moment is built in, uh, suits on their stuff. And a lot of their triggers are where certain things get really the synergies with their keywords that would make it work. A uh, couple things come to mind are, are some of Sonya's guys just really want that built in tome for their blaze trigger, but they don't have it. And from everything I can tell, Agent 46 is the reason for it, because of Mimic. Because whenever you borrow another model's action, the stat, as per the rulebook, is just the number. So he's using his stat 6 from his Mimic on whatever he borrows from you, but he brings over any any suits that are built in. What I would say is, however weird we want to do this, either give him a special named version of Mimic that specifies that he only brings over the the built-in suits in a Lucius crew or only brings over uh, the built-in suits of Mimic and Elite models 
but I think that would not only limit him a little bit, but also allow the the rest of the faction to gain some suits they need to really shine. Cool. All right. I'm going to go into the thing that's going to make Eli mad. I had this conversation with Eli uh, f- uh, from the podcast as well, and um, he didn't like it, but I'm going to say it anyways. I think uh, you can just go ahead and remove Mimic altogether. I think mm, it's bold l- words. It's limiting the rest of the faction, and this is just this is just a guess that sometimes models are being adjusted so that when their thing is borrowed from Agent Forty Six, it's not too stupidly good with him. I think Mimic can be just a unique uh, action only for the doppelganger. Because 46, if you look at the dude, he is your up-close, uh, murder-stabby, stab-stab assassin. But all the times I've ever heard people uh, borrowing Mimic, they're, bringing, they're, they're borrowing a gun. He doesn't look like a shooty assassin-type person. He's going to, you know, stab you in the back and kill you up front. So I think you can just get rid of Mimic and maybe even give him something a little bit in return. Because he is a little bit squishy. So I would suggest actually bumping up to a defense six. So defense six in human physiology, the twirling blades, I think he does work with that. And it's not too terribly good at first glance, but I believe there is one or two obeys in the faction uh, coupled with the inhuman physiology that really make him uh, turn him into a blender, correct? Yeah, mostly in the, the Lucius crew, but yeah. So yeah, he, he still fits within the Lucius crew. Doppelganger gets its own special thing, and you can still blend with it without having to like worry about him stealing um, other really, really... Without having to design around him anymore. So that's my suggestion. Yeah, I, I like that. The one thing I'd do is I would still give him some kind of a bonus action, just because he's oh, a yeah. freaking expensive henchman. I was just trying to think of what would go well on him. Although, honestly, I think that the right thing to do there is give him something unique. Like, if the doppelganger's getting Mimic as her unique thing, which I think is awesome, give him something equally creepily unique. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of something that would be good. Like, let let him, like, swap places with, a, a again, friendly sharing a keyword of his Ooh. minion. Like, Ooh. oh, it was me all along. Now I'm going to stab you in the kidney. Yeah, I like that. But only within, like, eight inches or something. Uh, okay, that is good. I have a suggestion that's less clever, but uh, I just like the name of it, and I think it fits. This is not a unique ability, but I think you should give him finesse. Maybe then you don't even need to bump his defense up to six. Finesse, for like, those of you who don't know, <laughs> I think it, I'm not sure if it's just on Cassandra, but Cassandra's the model I know it from. And that's uh, until the end phase, melee attacks against this model are negatives. Ooh, that plus in human physiology, he's not going anywhere. Well, in human physiology, <laughs> yeah. only matters against attack actions from him. Oh, uh, that's fair. That's fair. I always get that screwed up. Yeah. No, I like that. That's cool. Uh, the swapping one is also really cool. So either of those, I'd be happy with. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of a way to to get him out of the danger. With uh, I thought fade away, but that's a berry. But squeal sounds wrong for <laughs> an elite. So I mean, if that. if you if you pop the uh, if you do go with finesse, 
then they're at negatives to um, disengage for their disengaging attacks, which is a little bit of help. Just a little. Yeah. All right. Um, next up, Roman again. Yeah, I'm going to hit the other model in faction that everybody actually uses because it's in a good spot, which is the pale rider. <laughs> uh, so sorry, sorry, guild people. Again, we don't actually think these guys need to be hit with a hammer until maybe your faction gets some help. But the Pale Rider specifically, his ultimate trigger, it just bugs me. Because you're going from... Uh, you're, you're essentially causing a 2-3-4 irreducible damage to every model within 6 inches of him. And they gain slow and burning 1. And Surprisingly, the... Uh, I mean, no. that's not that, that's that's the basic part of their... Or is that the Dead Rider? Yeah, that, I think that's the dead rat. Oh yeah, his thing is healing. Sorry. No, but I, I have the same problem with him too, because ultimately, it's you're not doing this until turn three at the earliest, and that's if you haven't spent any of your suits that the writers get. So I'm not too worried about it, but my problem is that it slows down the game. Like suddenly off of this one trigger, you're flipping, if, it, if you're clustered in, you're flipping like six cards to do a bunch of irreducible damage. I would say just make that a flat like two damage or just remove the damage and make it gain slow and burning one. That might be a little not enough for a five trigger, but it would speed up the game. It would. Yeah. And I'd, I'd honestly say do the same thing to the dead rider too. So he's just doing flat damage as well. Yeah. Two damage and then maybe not burning. Cause that's just a lot of upkeep. <sighs> well, and the, on the surface, I agree with you, but if you take out the burning, he does nothing for Sonya's crew. Except kill things. I mean, does he necessarily have to have that synergy? No, but given the idea that all the... Ostensibly, all the riders, just like the emissaries, should do something for each of the crews in the faction they're in. They don't all necessarily do that, but I think that's why the burning's there. Yeah, we're, we're splitting hairs here. Okay. Either way, bring that trigger down just a little bit. I would probably go with make it a flat two damage because it just speeds up the process so much. I would add on top of that, maybe hatred unleash, not ignore engagement. Ooh, yeah. No, that's gross. I've honestly never seen that one yeah. used just because the the crews I've played against really prefer just the auto damage, I guess. Yeah, well I mean it's it's I've seen it used in a Lucius crew who gets card draw, I think, off of all of those charges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And I, I, I don't, I don't think removing the restrict the um, ignoring engagement thing completely nerfs the trigger either. I think it's still yeah. good. It's just a little bit more situational, and it's not giving Lucius a fistful of cards. Yeah, <clears throat> not saying like Lucius is super powerful. Please don't at me, internet. Actually, go ahead and at me. I don't. I like communicate. I like talking to people. Join the Discord and add him. Yes, please. Join our Discord. Dave, thoughts? Uh, I think you guys nailed it. I, I would almost think for, you know, five rams, maybe even have that to three damage, but but then get rid of either slow or burning. Because, I mean, slow's not nothing in a Sonya crew. Or the irreducible. burning. Yeah. It's actually, still if it, a if it's, very good action. If it's three, I would actually be okay with just three irreducible damage. That's me. Yeah, I, if it's three, I agree with you, but I also appreciate that they're 
at least using this model, trying to move away from, look, we're the guild, we kill stuff, and they're moving more towards, look, we're the guild, we control stuff via tyranny and making you slow with paperwork. <laughs> also, you're on fire because paperwork. Okay, fair. <laughs> and then, then my, my previous statement about, I think, taking hard to wound off would be good for all the writers. Because then there's, there's that slight gamble, because now you can possibly actually kill them, if you put some effort into it, as opposed to putting all of your effort into it and maybe killing them. Yeah. And then, like, it's got to be turn one or two. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, like, I don't know if people are misplaying this, but I brought it up with some folks and they were like, oh, right. For all the writers, for their defensive trigger that reduces damage, you pay those tokens when you declare triggers. So you don't know how much damage you're taking when you declare that trigger and you pay your tokens. So you could be afraid of getting hit with severe damage and pay like five tokens, and then they flip uh, a double week on uh, their damage, and then you just kind of waste it too. Or you can assume that you're only getting hit with weak, and then they suddenly spike to severe, and you're getting a lot more damage than you're expecting. So I don't know if that's a thing, so I just thought I'd mention it. No, that's a great call out. I've definitely seen people using and describing on the internet how they're using that incorrectly. Okay. I have definitely used that incorrectly. I mean, I'm I'm reading it right, correctly. Yeah, no, when you're right. Because trigger, it's, it's... This model may discard any number of... Fa- okay, yeah, and de- triggers happen. Trigger declaration happens before you determine successors, I believe. Uh, it's... Double check me on this, but I believe it's... You flipped... You both have determined the card you're using. So you have actually determined success. Oh, okay. But it's before flipping damage afterwards. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up real quick just so that we have that information. The steps are uh, flip fate cards, chief flip chief fate, determine dual totals, declare triggers, determine outcome. Determine Aha is when that hits. So uh, you don't actually go towards the text of the attack action. You don't resolve that part until you determine the outcome. So that's how that works. Okay. That was a lot of stuff on the Pale Rider. Is it okay if we move on? Yeah. And that was also your writer PSA. Everyone asking questions about writers and how they work. Next up, Undercover Reporter. Don't kill me, please. I think this thing is awesome. It has some, like, for the short fluff blurb it gets in the book, it's hilarious. Go out and read it. Go out and buy the book. Go out and buy the books. Go out and buy the books, people. But this is another one of those, like, gotta pick something. Might as well go with the one thing that's uh, been annoying people and just sort of file it down a little bit. I think the undercover ability is a little too good. So I would possibly change that. Now, the undercover ability is it, it can start buried. And then it can just decide to pick up one of your opponent's minions and basically replace it with the undercover reporter and then throw that minion back in your opponent's deployment zone well they get to put it in their deployment zone but it's a really cool way to sort of fight off that like lone scheme runner off in the corner scoring points i think it could possibly be brought down to uh place it next to an opposing friendly model so that it's an an opposing friendly model of a model friendly to it an opposing model I'm trying to decide if the uh, controller of the minion is the one who gets to decide or the undercover reporter gets to decide. It depends on what, I guess, what you guys think. Would it be too weak if the opponent got to choose or would it be just fine? If the opponent gets to choose where 
like what model it's undercover as, you're never going to see this played. Okay. They're going to put it off in whatever corner does not matter to the guild player at all. Okay. And then you would still be able to, like, it would still be a good play if you got to pick it, but, like, your opponent can still counter it relatively well. Just be like, okay, I'm not bringing, putting anything out on the wings. Everything's relatively close. So wherever this guy is forced to pop up, it's not ridiculously far back. Um, the other thing is I, I heard somewhere that someone thought they could do arson while the model's buried. They, they can't. <laughs> um, or was it? No, it was, the, it was the prepared explosives. So that that's actually my only fix is maybe just the, the undercover thing. Um, I think the arson is really good with the pre- prepared explosives trigger. But it's another thing of you got to make sure you're doing everything correctly. I'm not calling anyone stupid because I don't know where I heard this, but uh, arson, you have to, this is the same thing with Bryn. You have to pay the cost before you can actually do the action. So you actually have to have a marker to target before you can actually do the action. And then if you get the tome, you can do the prepared explosives trigger. So I keep saying the trigger without what it is. Prepared explosives lets you change the target to any ski marker on the board. No range, no line of sight. It's really good, but I mean, it still has a cost in there and undercover reporter is a cost seven enforcer. So it's the only one you can bring. So I think it's all right. Just got to make sure that they're actually targeting a ski marker first and then going with that. Uh, I don't want you, what do you guys think is anything you can think of to fix fit quote unquote, fix the undercover reporter. No, I, I think you're good. I think really that was more of a fix of, hey, people read the rule book. Well, I mean, it took us how long to figure out the Britain thing? So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm just saying, read the rule book. Be more than be more than willing to believe people when they say something works the way it does. But you know, don't be afraid to question or look it up later. People should always be willing to look up rules during games. That shouldn't be an issue because knowledge is power and. It, nothing sucks worse than just assuming your opponent's right and then later on looking it up and finding out that you're in fact right. Just just bring it up then and everyone's on the same page after that. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up, me. Again, the jury. The jury is also another really, really good model that uh, I think maybe just needs a little bit of the edge sawed off. Roman likes to use the word burrs and it's a, it's a good term. The jury uh, just has a whole boatload of support abilities, and I, I want to say it can just do too much at once. I like to compare him to my favorite lawyer, compare her to my favorite lawyer, and uh, Amina almost seems like she comes up short compared to the jury in some, in some regards. I think by the book, which says, enemy models within six inches that cheat fate in a duel lose all suits in their final total. I think that can be brought down to just um, models that tar- uh, enemy models that target this model. Um, that's a really big aura to just be turning off suits because of cheating. But I don't know how key that is to saving marshals from getting you know killed really fast. Exorcism ritual, uh, pretty easy fix as well. It says when this model activates, buried model buried enemy models take two damage. Then enemy models with summoned upgrades take one damage. So if they're summoned and buried, that's three damage. That's too much. So I would say bring it down to one damage for buried models. Take that edge right off. 
And I guess I don't know how big of a counter you want her to be to Dreamer, but that seems a little much. Yeah, I hadn't thought about those stacking because that Dreamer and Terra, like that oh, yeah. specifically hit, double hits both of them. And last is her obey is nice and cute, but I just don't see that being as much of her character as this other stuff. She also can fight decently well with her ancient words and a execute trigger if they're a undead, but you can make them undead relatively easy. So I think dial the obey back slightly, maybe just make it a stat five instead of a stat six, because you're already getting the suit, which is arguably the harder part than needing the eight. Yeah, that's that's all I would do. Any thoughts, you two? Um, I just know that if I play against Guild, I'm probably getting hit with Marshall for anything Neverborn. So that's good to know. Not that we have, have any Guild players around here. But yeah, this is scary <laughs> as a Dreamer player. Okay. Um, last I think up. The, oh, sorry. the one thing, real quick, the one thing I would change, uh, I agree that her obey is just a touch too much. Uh, I would say instead of dropping the stat, though, drop the mask and add in a, a little blurb text there of this attack gains plus mask to its stat when targeting an undead model, because that makes her that makes her fit really well, even more so with the marshals who are all anti undead anyway. And then if you really want to obey a an enemy model, you're either already facing resers. Or you brought exorcists and said, hey, that guy over there is totally undead. Uh, you forgot her false accusation bonus action. Yeah, so she can do it too. <laughs> so it's an extra hoop to jump through, but okay. Okay. That's I mean, fine. I, that's that's hoops, still an extra. Hoops. Yeah. It's failable because it's only it's, a staff five. Exactly. Dave, what's your last, mo- uh, last model for the guild? <clears throat> uh, Peacekeeper. Really easy. Lose versatile. I, that's pretty much it. Uh, it's a very big, beefy beater model that's very hard to take off the board. And really, would it th- does it get taken outside of Hoffman anyways? Not so that I've heard, because it, it lives yeah. or dies by a power converter. Exactly. So just dropping that further discourages it from taking it outside of Hoffman. So well, I guess I, it sounds like you're describing an issue while it's with Hoffman. That's true. I mean... If, if you want to dig in deeper, I mean, armor two, hard to wound, and with Hoffman, you cannot ignore armor. So even if you even if you bring armor uh, tech, you can't ignore it. So then again, you're just trying to kill Hoffman instead. But yeah, maybe drop to armor one then, or lose hard to wound. Because that's a lot of beef to get through. Yeah, with that's, that is a lot of beef. I'm kind of okay with it being the beef. I'd rather it just not be quite having so many attacks at min three with crit strike. Yeah, three, four, six with crit strike is also a lot. But I don't want to nudge him too much to the point where Howard, where um, Hoffman's just like, yeah, I'll just bring Howard. Like I want those these two to actually be different choices for different situations. Not entirely sure how to affect him. I, I removing Trail of Gore seems like it wouldn't be that good of a change. But, like, removing Flurry would be too much as well. Actually, no. Why don't you just remove Flurry? Because Hoffman's making him yeah. fast anyways. And 3, 4, 6, twice is enough damage output, I think. Yeah, that's that's what I would suggest. Or more likely 4, 5, 6. 
or four, five, seven. Oof, goodness. Okay, well that's that's my best guess, and that's probably doesn't actually need to need to happen because again, uh, Guild doesn't really need a lot of nerfs. We're just grasping at straws here, so grain of salt. Okay, moving on. Neverborn, the other faction that doesn't need a whole bunch of... Well, most of the keywords I don't think need a whole bunch of uh, nerfing, but we've got to do it because those are the rules I set forth. Let's go. First up, Stitched. Dave, how would you fix Stitched? Just make Gamble Your Life not a tactical, so everyone's tech actually works against them, and add a resist to willpower? Okay. Just so I mean, yeah, that, that's dramatic with Dreamer. Yeah just so triggers can actually be affected by it, or defensive triggers can actually work. Because def 6, armor 1, you know, I had... I mean, with, with all the models we've talked about that have, you know, min 3, easy access to crit strike, 6 health, def 6, it's not going to last long if it gets summoned next to something dangerous. But, yeah, I think just moving into an actual attack would help a lot with people considering this being unfair. But yeah, I think that's about it. Okay. But I may be biased. <laughs> I can get behind that. No, I, I can get behind that. It definitely takes the edge off because, you know, just with their mechanic of basically guaranteeing Gamble Your Life going off, the fact that you could lose just about any model in the game, except for Masters and some henchmen, due to a single, well, I guess two severe flips, that you really can't defend at all against is a bit of an issue. I mean, I guess you would still need to luckily flip into succeeding the second time around, but uh, it's really, really good for a model that can be summoned. So yeah, make make an attack action, and then there's that little bit of synergy. Like, hey, you get your gambled your life off against an opponent, you can pop up your summon models next to him now. So it's not all bad, right? Yeah, it's just extra gravy. Would you keep it a stat six? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, it, it could go to a five. Um, if we're really wanting to twist on just this one ability, I want to, uh, my two cents here is actually, uh, I am stealing this from Eli to make sure it gets said since he's not here. Um, but his idea was make the stat an asterisk and have it equal the stat of whatever it's facing. Cause then it's truly a gamble. Ah, I like that. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. Let's go with that. What do you mean stat against? Because it's so whatever they're resisting it with their willpower, it'll match the target's willpower for its stat. Oh yeah, so it is really a true gamble. I see what you're saying. Is it? Is yeah. it? Would it be printed or like total? Because like injured affects this then. Do do printed because then you can still be like a ruthless gambling oogie boogie, just being like I don't care. I'm I'm using your number. What it should be. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's cool. All right. Easy fix for the stitched. Cool. Let's, I guess, stay in keyword and move on to the next one. What you got, Roman? Uh, so before all the Neverborn players go crazy at me on this one, I'm going to say Serena, specifically because she's shown up in, I think, all but one Neverborn crew I've played against and played this edition so far. I'm not saying she's too good. I think it's more an issue of the fact that she offers really the only effective healing and condition removal in the faction in one model. And I think the best thing Weird can do instead of nerfing her is to give out a little bit more of those here and there throughout the faction, and you'll stop seeing her everywhere. 
however, since we're talking about her specifically, I would say maybe drop her wounds by one and uh, drop her melee damage severe from uh, six to five. Okay. What do you think about that? You're the one who plays Serena, Dave. Uh, that sounds pretty good. It, I mean, that means she'll actually survive more than one hit from a decently statted enemy. And yeah, the, the top end, stat six, it's a bit of a problem, especially if you get Sweeping Strike along with that as well. That's a lot of damage coming out for an eight cost, more or less healing slash tank with since Demise Eternal. Yeah. That's fine. I think, I think Doug, you had some other concerns with some other <laughs> triggers that we might want to talk about. That's also kind of gross. Well, I think if we, like, she's okay having good things. It's just too many good things. It's, you know, usually the when things become broken. I think, like, having Hole in the World just be a six-inch place anywhere is is really good. But I think we can just not touch twist reality and again modify things around her let's see if she doesn't if we don't get another healer in the faction then we can't really touch bottle of painkillers because she has to be the healer so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do anything with that leave it as it is the second uh neverborn get a different healer then uh this can be adjusted but like i think the classic way you deal air quotes, with uh, medics is you kill them instead of the thing they're healing. You go after, you know, the doc, the medic, instead of the heavy. But mm-hmm. uh, Serena's a heavy herself. She's just a, just a bucket full of wounds on a defense six with Demise Eternal, eight wounds, and she can heal herself twice if she needs to. So I think, actually, this might be a bit too much, so I apologize. Put her down to a defense four. Then she has that sort of gamble of, I can hang up, hang out in the back, do my decent twist reality, and sort of nudge in a little bit closer to throw, you know, aspirin at ghosts. But if I, <laughs> if I need, like, if I need to get into the thick of it, I'm kind of, kind of a little bit of a, I, I could actually die, which I think needs to be sort of like the, the, the price you pay is like, oh, she can get in there with her, attack action if she really absolutely needs to but she's a low wounds so, i mean low defense so she can actually die this time around um i think maybe touch horrific reality just a little bit i don't know i think maybe minus two try that out uh, play test that i'm so not sure what the balance would be on this but attacking with a stat four means like you're only going to do it if you really absolutely have to which are kind of yeah, things. especially especially since uh, nightmare doesn't hand out injured as far as I know. No, I mean, like it's it's just it's just a really good attack even at stat five because that means you don't have to put her in danger, and it's just too it's she's too hard of a puzzle for a lot of crews to be able to kill reliably. A lot of these models that are like. What I say too hard to kill is, I mean, you can kill them, you can, but at one point you're spending so many actions to do so that you've lost the game. Yeah. So that's what I have to say. Dave, what's, what, what are your thoughts? She's your model. Yeah, I mean, most of the time people just ignore her, or like you do, you lure them away from my three-inch range to heal so that she's not that effective. So there's, there's ways to play around her, because, yeah, she has to be within three to heal which if she's in three to heal something that's almost dead, that probably means some things are that are dangerous are nearby. 
So yeah, lose some wounds or drop defense. So it's more of a risk to go out and, you know, save Lord Choppy Bits on one wound mid-match or mid-round rather than just being super safe would be good. Okay, cool. Uh, Next up, Roman, again. Yay! So, and this is definitely less of a concern than before Gaining Ground Zero came out, but I still think Zerada needs just one one tiny change. Well, really two, but one of them is a a cost increase, and I can't talk about that. Uh, (laughs) But I think if you make her Eyes in the Night, which is she can draw line of sight and range for her non- melee actions from friendly swamp fiends within 12 inches if you made that in a 12 inch aura so that she hacks she can't just hide behind eight buildings and four swamps and two forests and trees all game hey you're finally using the appropriate amount of terrain roman congratulations (laughs) thank you i try Uh, (laughs) but no I, i think if she actually had to have line of sight to the initial model she's drawing a a further for all of her uh, ranged stuff, except for Poison Fate, a further 12 inches, I think that would be fine, and it's a minor thing. But really, the the worst of the stuff that happened from her was fixed in Gaining Ground Zero. Wow. And or what we're seeing now is dual master issues, which again is a cost problem between her and Dreamer, and we're not talking about that now. Yep. Well, I don't have as... Well, no, I actually do have answers for these both those masters that don't involve cost increases. But I really like the idea that Weird had for some of the Masters, where it's like, if they're the leader, then you can do this. I think Zoraida needs something like that, and I think Dreamer needs something like that. Um, Well, both of them have that, actually. Oh. Uh, Dreamer has the same as any summoner. If he's not the leader, he can only summon two things. Okay. Uh, And Zoraida has reading the cards, which is if she's the leader, after an enemy model in line of sight cheats fate, she can look at the top card of either fate deck and then discard that if she wants. Okay, they need better rules than that. Well, for Dreamer, the the issue I think is is he's only twelve stones. Yeah, but again, for my rules, stones you you hire him in and he summons two stitched and he's made up for his cost and you still have an extra master on the table. Okay, I for some reason thought Waking Dream was plentiful three, so that's my bad. I feel like that is a huge difference between two models and three models. So, yeah, now I'm not even going to bring up my, my change to Dreamer. That's that's fine. So, Zoraida then. Zoraida, I think you could lock and Sorcel behind leader only. I can see that. Yeah, I can agree with that. But uh, I think that that's my solution that doesn't involve points costs. Dave, any input? Zoraida was kind of your girl, and then you stopped playing her. <laughs> Mostly because I was bad with her. I mean, Threads of Fate could maybe be locked behind leader just because, I mean, it's it's a risk. Sometimes maybe you'll give your opponent a hot hand after that. But it seems like you bring Zerada with Dreamer and you blow through your hand and it doesn't matter because you get a whole new hand once you activate Zerada to do all of her things. Yeah, and I guess Dreamer's big issue is that he needs his, his cards are very, very important to him. Very yes. important. Yeah, so lock something behind leader only. Uh, something additional, you know, outside of the point cost. I, I guess Ice in the Night, would that be on top of this? Or, like, three options. Change Ice uh, in the Night, or lock and sorcery behind leader only, or lock Threads of Fate behind leader only. That good? 
Yeah, one of one of those. Would one of them do a lot. Okay. Next up, Doug. Doug went with Inhuman Reflexes. Yay! Yay! Uh, this is the one where I like I only have part of the answer. And um, it's also another one where I'm like, you know what? The best ability on this should be under minion only, and it's not. I think, honestly, Butterfly sh- Jump should go under minions. Be the minion only ability. But I'm not entirely sure if Mobile Warrior doesn't break some models. As yeah, well. that would that would cause some real fun changes. Like with, with who? Who are you thinking, Dave? This is what I need. Um, I need your input. Yeah, like, I mean, just offhand, uh, Hinamatsu. Or Killjoy, being able to just charge out. Hinamatsu has already got a plus two to with Rush. She already has a positive flip. If she can just go off and charge something else, plus Blade Rush, that's even more sword blendery than what she is now. Okay. Um. So I'm not sure what to suggest as a change, but like everyone's mad at Butterfly Jump. It seems. And I just didn't, I wanted to challenge myself and not get rid of that. So I would just move it under minion. But I guess what would re, what would be a good replacement for mobile wire? The thing is, is like the only thing on this card that really screams reflexes to me is butterfly jump. Yeah, I agree there. And I think mobile warrior is reflexes because the idea is you can't charge while engaged because you're afraid of getting stabbed by the guy who's engaging you. So if you're able to charge out, you have crazy good reflexes and they can't stab you. Okay. Well, well, I'll just leave that open-ended. I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have a good one either. Do we swap Butterfly Jump Out for anything else? I think if, remove it entirely? I think if anything, and this is another one I was talking about Eli with, or talking with Eli about, you change the wording of Butterfly Jump so it has some kind of counterplay. Or cost. Beyond, or, or cost, yeah. I, I don't think you make it a trigger, because there's too many things that just turn off triggers, and then this is currently what's keeping some key Neverborn pieces alive. But I think you... And right now the counterplay is to hit them with indirect damage, which there's a lot of, and I'm on record talking about Colette being like, yeah, you can find indirect damage, that's not a problem. But this is something you can put on anything in faction. So it's a little bit of a different formula there. I think what you do is you make this butterfly jump allows you to move after attacks that target, say, defense, or maybe defense and move. So then you go, well, let me attack your willpower, because that's generally like brain magic. You can't really dodge brain magic. You can't really dodge brain magic, folks. Heard it here first. (laughs) Okay, we got to get moving. We got to get moving. We're getting late here. All right, next up, me again, Hooded Rider. Hey, my rider fix. Remove hard to wound. Um, also, he's got some pretty good, pretty good triggers on that uh, that card of his. Let me pull him up real quick. Yet another one where I believe you just want to get to that uh, five uh, suit trigger more than anything else. Although, mm-hmm. really, like I'm surprised no one's complaining about Malifaux's Revolt, which is the four four suit one. Maybe because Moonlit Charge is so good, people are just willing to wait or spend the extra suit. But Malfo's Revolt is hazardous for six inches aura of a 50 millimeter base. And hazardous is so freaking good. Honestly, I, I would almost see this as the better, better trigger, if not for the fact that Great Sword has its dumb positive flip to damage thing. 
which I would, I would with Moonlit Church, that's how I changed Moonlit Church. Moonlit Church would put a negative on damage flips, so you would just be back to a straight. Um, assuming you didn't charge before hitting Moonlit Charge. That makes sense? Yeah. that's No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I agree there. That's and, solid. And then maybe knock down Malfo's Revolt to four inches. That's still pretty big size, but not oppressively large. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I have. Real quick. Dave, any thoughts? Yeah, that's not too bad. Okay. Uh, it does kind of it does kind of force you to activate Rider early for that uh, um, to really be dangerous, but that's fine. I mean, you just you just put Inhuman reflexes on him, and he just farts around the board every time someone sneezes at him. Fair anyway, enough. Anyways, anyways, hey Dave, you got one more for us, don't you? Yeah, I do. I, I kind of dug deep, mostly because I've been reading about Nephilim as a keyword being kind of boring to play because there's no reason not to take two mature Nephilim and at ha- the beginning of the game. And Hayridden. And Hayridden. So maybe drop their stats to 4-4 four, four and regen down to plus one because they already have combat finesse. So if they are going to get hit, it's not going to be anything too scary. Plus all of the free healing with Harridan's black blood splashing on themselves and other healing within <laughs> that uh, keyword. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I'm not sure how it's terribly great. The double mature Nephilim list is, but it did win LVO. So there's something to it. At least I don't, I haven't seen that list used anywhere else. Well, something similar. I played against something similar very recently, but I had a hard counter for that. So, yeah, no. I mean, something that big and beefy, I don't think I mean, defense four would be very good. Very representative of kind of what they like. I mean, combat finesse is there to keep them alive more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, they also have Grim Feasts, so they're healing off of course markers, which that fact, that keyword is nothing but course markers. So it can keep alive on its own. All right. Next up, Outcasts. Let's get let's get a move on down here. Uh, Doug is first. Doug is going with Mad Dog Bracket. Mad Dog Bracket is a very good model, and uh, this is the specific keyword that made me learn to love to hate running gun. It's it's really good, and I've thought a while about how to like bring him down that wasn't you know cost related, and uh, I think the thing that is unnecessarily good is the cigar of all things. Like I, the shotgun, fine. Uh, run and gun, I hate it, but it's it's his thing, and at least he's got a slightly shorter range to sort of compensate for it, unlike other models in the faction. Very easy, fast. It's 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 the the bandit thing. I can't really attack that. So I think the cigar should go down to injured one. That's it. That's all I want because. Just about anywhere else in the game, you have to pay for injured. You have to pay for injured with with suits a lot of the time, and you need double suits to get injured too. This is just this is just injured too. It's you hit him, it's free. It's a stat six, so you're almost definitely going to get it off. And then any subsequent burning cigar after that, you are almost guaranteed to hit them because now they're at minus two defense. I like the idea of the quick shots. Uh, that's kind of cool. I would say that it should only be against the model that you targeted the burning cigar with. 
But yeah, injured, injured, down to injured one really takes that like, oh, uh, Mad Dog burning cigars you twice, then shoots you, and then shoots you again because he was fast. Now you're at minus four to your defense. You've been hit twice with a shotgun, and the rest of the crew can just eat you alive because uh, you're screwed. So that's what I think. Uh, anyone else uh, thoughts on Mad Dog? I think that's solid. The one other thing, maybe is remove the built-in crow on his shotgun. I don't see why he's automatically ignoring armor uh, in a bandit crew. Like It's cool, but he's a henchman. If he really needs it, he can stone for it. If you have to have a built-in suit there, make it drop it. It's more thematic. Um, I'm going to channel Brian here and tell you that the outcasts have like no armor ignoring, and it's... It's like him or Ronan, I think, are the only models that have armor. Or at least, like, free. I get, I'll call it free. You still have to technically declare the trigger, but it's it's free armor, ignoring. Okay. Yeah, that'd be something to take into account. Uh, although you do also have all the levy stuff that is irreducible damage. Shush. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna get to him. We're going to get to yeah, him. Yeah, we are. Knock, knock, uh, knock one of his health off. He's already hard to kill. Let's go, to a, let's go to a health nine. Yeah. I dig it. And remove the injured. Dave, have you gone up against Mad Dog? I have not. Um, I've just seen Brian do some bad things with him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, re- removing one wound, that'd be an easy easy get. The burning cigar can get pretty belligerent quick with <laughs> injured two, and then doing it again is just mean. Like, I know someone's going to be like, well, you can just box him in, and that way he can't push you away, and so all he can do is burning cigar. It's like, that's a lot of effort to box him in, and you have to, like, make sure you're in the right spot. And then the rest of his crew gets to just destroy you, because now all of your boxed-in models are at minus two or minus four defense. I'm not saying it's not a viable strategy, but that's a too much effort to bring the model down, or to, to stop this this sort of Injured party. It's an injured party. He is Oprah Winfrey, and he's giving out injured instead of cars. <laughs> okay. Next up on the list, Dave, what you got? Oh, we're going to tear apart this entire keyword. <laughs> uh, spo- spoilers. But starting with Rusty. So this uh, is the amalgam just, keyword. Yeah. So poor Leviticus. No one cries for the little pervert. But anyways, um, (laughs) uh, for Rusty, I mean, she has a lot of good things on her card. She doesn't really need rapid fire. She already has execute on that gun. Uh, It's not hard to throw fast on her. It's it's just excessive. Um, If we need to replace something for rapid fire, maybe bring back uh, summoning an A-bomb when she kills something. Because she will kill things. So give her something to replace rapid fire, maybe. Okay, yeah. I was I was thinking of attacking the fact that she can put out a bunch of shots as well. I, I like initially thought just take execute off of her card. Like she's, you know, three attacks, four attacks with fast, unless you've uh, engaged her and managed to keep her pinned down. But just remembering the execute sort of takes that edge off. Suddenly you don't have to keep cards in hand to make sure that you don't die or soul stones and um i mean it's still really good i'm not sure if that's enough though so what i guess what do you think 
I know, I know I mean, you'd, you'd prefer getting rid of rapid fire, Dave, but what do you think about it? I mean, it, it, it's, it's still a three, four, five shot, ignoring hard to wound. So that is basically me not taking Faye into Outcast because it's just so easy to bring her at cost 10 in any keyword and my models evaporate. So cutting that down to, you know, maximum three times instead of four seems like a decent compromise. Okay. Yeah, especially when you have a model in keyword that'll give her fast and focused in the same action. So what we're saying is that I guess we never address the fact that we should maybe adjust these models in a vacuum because I think we're all assuming that scavengers are the way they're always going to be. And so, I mean, it's on this list. We're going to cover them next, I think. But say scavengers yep. get adjusted, um, what needs to happen to Rusty? I still think rapid yeah. fire. Okay. I, I still say remove rapid fire and probably knock her move down to like four. Eh, I don't want to say that just because that means Kyle Bodie's right. So let's go move five. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. No, no, no. Move three. Move three. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta have my jokes in there. We're getting too serious. All right. Talking about scavengers, Roman. Yeah. So these guys, I really like them. Uh, But I think all you need to do for these is uh, their weird device, which is already once per once per turn, which is cool. But for a seven, you automatically give the target focus, and then they have a good trigger on every suit, which with tools for the job, they can just pick the one they want so long as you have a card in hand with the suit that you want. Uh, So I think you take away one of their triggers and uh, replace it with the target gains focus, uh, focus plus one, and then the actual action is just you get whichever trigger you get. Because you're going to get the one you want anyway most of the time. That actually be really cool for what it's the one action in the game that actually has no effect. It's just triggers. It made me think of the uh, the old way, uh, the many styles that the Thunder Bros used to do last wow. edition, where it was like a target number one, and it had a different. It didn't do anything, but you just had a trigger on every different suit. Yeah, cool. Yeah, just just make the support maybe a little less. No, I fully agree. But like stylistically, I think they need to go more into a scheming role and less of here take this cool stuff. Also, I can scheme. Yeah, because yeah, they can. I would almost they can still target themselves with it. So as long as you have that seven and a mask, you are a really good scheme runner. Yeah, no, that's fair. And then, you know, he still has a schemer. I mean, it's still a bunch of good stuff. Armor one, tools for the job. It's 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 a lot. It's just, yeah, I would, I agree. Targeting weird devices is the way to go. And maybe if you want to be real nice to Doug, remove the construct descriptor, because I just really want to use Vent Steam. Come on. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like I, the, I would, the, de- would... the default artwork is a dude that has like no metal parts on him too. So unless he's got a leg, I guess I can't see his legs. Anyways, I would almost say lose tools for the job. Oh yeah. Just, oh just so yeah. You know. So you don't even like need that seven and mask. You just need a yeah. low mask. My bad. I mean, you still need the seven of mask to get it. You just don't need to 
you don't pitch a card. You have to actually spend your cards. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Not sure how it works on balance, but yeah, it's it's my podcast. We don't necessarily have to worry about balance. All right. <laughs> Running along. Roman, please tell me you're getting out of the amalgam keyword. Not at all. Ashes hey. and dust next on the chopping block. <laughs> uh, so ashes and dust himself, I'm honestly okay with. He's big. He's beefy. He's fast. He's doing a lot of weird amalgam stuff as ashes and dust do. The problem is he's, I think, if I remember correctly, way back in ye old M2E days, he's actually easier to bring back when he dies now, I think. Don't quote me on that. But he is really easy to bring back. He dies, and he pops out a thing that says, you have to hit me six times or ignore armor and do still six damage to kill me uh, before the end of the turn, or you have to get the actual dust cloud that's going to come back as near as to the uh, crown as it can safely. And you have to hit it a few less times. But ultimately, the the dust storm itself is just a little too tanky. Uh, It's got defense 6, willpower 5, 5 health, incorporeal, and hard to wound for some reason, which I was looking this over. Even ashes and dust doesn't have hard to wound. The ashen core does, but I'm just going, just remove hard to wound from the dust storm it doesn't really make sense since it's already incorporeal and i i think if that's not quite enough drop its defense to five yeah because that way people can actually potentially kill the dust storm before the end of the turn when it gets to the crown and rematerializes as ashes and dust yeah that sounds like a pretty fair fix i guess the one thing that uh makes it maybe slightly harder is if you have movement shenanigans in your crew. They have to be touching at the end of the turn. Yeah. So I mean yes that's when you're when your one little trick. Um I I disagree. I think Ashes and Dust himself could use a little bit of a nudge because that's just really good raw stats for a nine cost model. Six defense, six willpower, seven move. Like, oh, well, this is raw stats, so he must have, like, no defensive trick. No, he's got the unmade, which can't touch because that's part of the keyword. He's got incorporal as well, so that's better than armor, plus one. The only, like, thing that, you know, isn't that stupendously great is that he has one less health than average, which is pretty simple for a ghosty go. And if you left at that, if, like, if he didn't turn into uh, Ashen Core and Dust Cloud, you could probably still see him being used. Just because of how ridiculous, like, his mobility is. but then You, you could get, take him up to 11 stones and he'd still be used. <laughs> yeah. So, I think just nudging him down either, like, you said defense 5 for the uh, dust cloud. I think defense 5 for ashes and dust to start would be helpful. And then make uh, make the dust cloud in, um, insignificant. Or at least that sort of uh, thing where they, he can't score because you shouldn't be able to kill your own thing so you can throw it at, uh, the dust storm to the corner to score outflank. Like, yeah. It, no. Yeah, that sounds bad. Well, and I, I think ultimately that's... We've been saying that enough that it shouldn't be on models. It should be in the the rules of when a thing is unburied or... Summoned. Or summoned, it does not count for placement scoring that turn. Okay, that's 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 my suggestion. I had, I had thought out a long time ago. I dig it. 
Dave. How often does Whirlwind of Scrap come up? Never. Because that sounds awesome. According to Brian, never. Okay, then it could probably stay, because pretty much free move 12. Seems all right. Well, Anyhow, yeah, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, it's just have it, needing a scrap marker in the proper place, I think, is the reason. Yeah. Okay, moving on. What you got? Um, I've been told we need to talk about Hannah. We do need to talk about Hannah. Um, I haven't faced this. I've only been vaguely told what happens with this, and that grossed me out enough. Let me bring up her. So apparently this, uh, this, this fancy thing called Adaptive Tactics takes a six, and this model may take the sele- any selected action that a Freikor has. So you can spend six to just charge at somebody or focus or let's anything. Yeah. Let's right? let's <coughs> excuse me. Give this explanation real quick. Uh, select one of the targets tactical actions that does not attach upgrades or list a model by name. So in the rule book, and I, I sort of feel like this is a misprint, but uh, it's not a misprint actually, because we know that general actions are considered tactical actions. Cause if you look at a model that has um, uh, annoying they specif- they kind of clear that up. So one of the listed general actions one can do is a charge. So instead of what I th- assume would sp- the intent of her being able to copy all the cool stuff that the Freikor get handed out from equipment and some of the other cool tactical actions, like you're just kind of defaulting to charging because you get a free attack. And uh, Hannah with severe six and a built-in blast... Attacking an extra time is a bit much in a faction that can give you focus pretty, pretty, pretty easily. So yes, as Dave yeah. said, um, how would you fix that? Um, I think this needs to be get some more clarity <laughs> as to what this is limited to. Maybe exclude general tactical actions, or specifically have in can't charge. It, it just needs a, a rewording to make this less abusable. Yeah, I agree. There's not a lot, a lot of like creativity going here. We just need, I think, something that we need, we need to bring up because it needs brought up. All right, last outcast goes to Doug. Um, I'm gonna get yelled at for this because I suggested it on the forums and some people did not like me for it. But I'm gonna say it anyways because I can. Uh, I think guilty are are a bit much um, for a cost of five. You got six defense, hard to wound, and a very lovely demise ability that gives you a card that grants the opposing player arcane reservoir and that's 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 really good for for well five five for jack daw six for everyone else i still think that's really good for six and especially since the model with the upgrade if they die they turn into a guilty uh and i think you all know how much i love the sort of win more summoning mechanic which is this is similar to so i think something just to make them slightly less survivable is all it needed. Not a huge change, just a very small one, like knock their health down to five or uh, knock their defense down to five because it's just great to have a tar pit that survives longer than it probably should for a cost five and then just gives out a benefit to your crew after it dies. No me gusta. That's it. It was kind of a kind of an audible because there was not a whole ton on the. Li- yeah, 
I've failed to mention the ones that were on the, the polls and which were not, but um, this is one of the ones where I don't think it was on the poll. I just wanted to mention it. So next up, Resurrectionists. We got to get going. It is it is getting late. Okay, Dave, start us off. Uh, pretty easy pick. Archie, uh, this model does everything at cost nine with little effort. Where to start? Um drop flurry and remove the built-in mask on leap just so it's it's a little harder to get it everywhere and it can't eat everything with ease with huge fists on three four six with sweeping strike or bold over or dismember to give him a corpse marker to then hurl at something else i think those would be the two things i would want to look at first to not completely neuter him yeah, yet another one where I think cost increase is the first step. Damn, I own rules, right? I like Flurry, so I think touching his triggers or damage trick uh, would be a better way to go. And I just thought of something. I want to run it by you guys. But um, Archie used to have a much shorter leap in 2nd edition that was on an upgrade. What if we brought that back? Like, call it Heavy Leap or something? So he's not moving nearly as far on that. And then you could possibly give that to uh, the first mate as well. Because he's carrying around an anchor. Anchors are heavy, so you can't leap as far, right? Well, even the first mate doesn't have the mask built in. Yeah, but he's a henchman. to leap. Well, yeah, but Okay, yeah, I forgot about (laughs) that. So maybe not first mate. I, I I think that's a good idea for Archie, though, for sure. I'd say that and remove the uh, the built-in mask on the leap and the built-in ram on his ranged attack because that gives him two inbuilt ways on his card to heal. Uh, sure yeah. does. Okay, just a just a big meaty beat stick. Yep. And if that's not enough, maybe knock the severe down to five. Yeah, I think that'd be fine. Maybe I'm, drop a wound. I'm apprehensive to seeing severe six on anything that gets extra attacks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's that's Archie. We fixed Archie. Good us. Go us. Rama. <laughs> Ramos. Roman. Who do you got next? Well, if you subtract the weird extra letters you gave my name, uh, we we almost get the answer to this, which is Manos. <laughs> and he's the other guy in Rezzers. I think Siphon Power should be once per activation, uh, which is he can essentially stab himself or any other friendly model nearby for one irreducible damage to add a suit to his dual total. He's already a henchman. He doesn't need this. He can use stones like everybody else. But if you must give it to him because thematic reasons, make it once per turn. But really my my issue, I think, with him is the Reliquary, uh, which is an issue with all the Reliquaries. They are abusable. Uh, if you put Toshiro's or Azamu's on Kaminu, they are getting, like, with Toshiro's double positive flips on everything they do. Uh, Izamu, they're at armor three and a few other nastinesses. Manos, everybody gets, I think, regen two, and I know the demise eternal. Uh, oh. And on top of all that, the Gokudo and Kaminu, which are two of the three minions in this keyword, all have empty vessel that says they get a positive to everything, every duel they make while they have any of the reliquaries on them, and they get plus two movement. So I think either... First, I think the reliquaries should all be just friendly ancestor retainer, 
and either remove empty vessel from Gokudo or Kamainu, or make all the reliquaries like reverse regular upgrades where they take one of their abilities and say, this does not apply to minions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, so this is part fix Manos, part fix Yamlo. Yeah, no, they, they did a really good job of, of building the Yanlo crew in a way that it all really interconnects, but that makes it really hard to point at one thing and go, this is busted. Okay. I'll let you get away with it. <laughs> okay, you're, you're up next again. All right, undergraduates this time. I really like them, but I think for a summonable six-stone minion to have by your side and made to kill bit of a problem. I think you can remove made to kill and just in general I think by your side needs a max range. It can be a big one, maybe like 12 inches. Does that require line of sight? Uh, I don't believe so. Would you make it require line of sight? Um, I think if hang on, I'm double checking. I think if you made it line of sight, you don't need the range. I think if you make it not line of sight, you need the range. Okay. I would I would say make it not le- need line of sight, but make it 12 inches. Okay. I normally have a rebuttal, but my, my, like, my rebuttal, my alternate idea is actually going to be my first one, which is Cruelligans. And Cruelligans share the same issue that the young graduates do, namely, by your side, by your side is so good. Hey, Roman, what does by your side do for those people that don't know? At the start of this model's activation, it may discard a card to place itself within two inches of a friendly non-minion that shares a keyword with it. That's really good, because yeah. there's no, no there's, as, as you said, there's no range on it. So you can just teleport across the board and then go scheme or, or whatever. So I like the 12 inches idea. I'm going to post my alternative suggestion for that, which is, I think the, the main issue is that they teleport and then they get their full activation to do stuff. And so it's like nearly impossible to catch them because they'll teleport to their desired target and then they can like move uh, to activations, just get really far up the board. So I think to make it easier to react to and allow your opponent to sort of deal with the issue a little bit more is you don't change the range, but you make it end at the end of their activation. So Oh, I like that. Yeah, they'll teleport to... Uh, you know, Archie, or is there any other model that we can be besides Archie? Um, uh, no. the undergraduates <laughs> me. be valedictorian. Yeah. No, valedictorian or Archie, but now they're right there. That's as far as they're going. They've stopped their activation, and if Archie or the valedictorian are in the middle of a fight, suddenly they're in danger. So, I think that's easier to react to, but also, you know, it might still be too good. I know there's cases where it's beneficial because then you can attack twice and then get out of there before you know whatever you attacked can get at you but i I, i'm just i like that idea um yeah no i super dig that yeah that sounds way better than the current wording dead rider is next dead rider is mine remove heart to wound moving on it came up in the pools i feel like i need to address it but honestly i think it's in a better spot than pale or hooded rider was so really, I think just the, my my blanket statement of remove hard to wound is good enough for me. Do you guys want yeah. any other changes? What I mentioned earlier of on its ultimate trigger, make it just like flat two damage. If nothing else, it speeds up the game. Okay. 
to round out the Resurrectionists. Dave. Looking at Valedictorian, I know it's thematic, but with her already being a very fast kill machine, does she also need Valedict Victory with removing any number of corpse or scrap markers within four and then discard a card and just you know, be able to you know recover your red joker potentially. That sounds unnecessary with a card that has flurry. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna quickly look. I at this. don't know what to replace it with though, <laughs> and this just seemed excessive. Maybe drop flurry instead. With as easy as that crew can hand her fast, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, it does take the edge off a little bit because she's like your big summoner. The way the summoning works. Von Stuck puts an upgrade on one of his friendlies, and when that friendly kills a model, um, you some can summon something based on the, the killed model's cost. So, making murdering just slightly less easier for the Valedictorian might be uh, healthy. I think so, and I, I believe Roman believes so too, that uh, Von Stuck is really, really good. We're just not seeing a, seeing a ton of him yet. And I think it's another one where it's possible it needs to be Von Stuck that gets the fix more than his other models, but it's easier for us to fix the stuff around him just for this particular format. Okay, that was fast. We're going fast now. I apologize to these other factions that are on the uh, lower end of the alphabet because we're not spending as much time on your stuff, but I think Resurrectionists are alongside Arcanists, really, with how average in a good way they are i don't think they're too good and then i don't think they're uh they have a whole ton of bad stuff either i think really their weakest point is reva at the moment yeah but it's another one where it's not that terribly interesting because there's those two or three models that are obviously needing of a little bit of a touching and everything else is is pretty good so moving on to uh the complete opposite of that I'm so glad that they begin with a T because it is so fitting that we end with the 30 Thunders. They just keep getting better and better, folks, so you just keep adding numbers to them. They are now the 30 Thunders. I'm going to start this off with um, the lady who who does the summoning the real good, maybe a little too good, definitely a little too good, uh, Monaco Ray, which is a versatile henchman, and um, she can summon Katashiro. She can summon, I believe, more than one Katashiro at a time, correct? That's that's not a bonus action. Yes, but it, you, it requires a scrap or a shadow marker within three inches of her to do it once. Mm-hmm. So she can, but it, it takes a little setup to be able to do. A little bit, but you know, once a turn is fine. Yeah, that's more of what more of what's achievable. But I think the issue might lie in more with her karmic debt defensive willpower trigger, specifically how good the one you know is that you get for it and how little effort you actually have to spend with Monaco to get the 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 one you know out so i would adjust that first so let's keep her as a summoner it's okay that she's a summoner i mean katashiro are just really good because despite coming in slow they get a free place which means that they're just lightning fast but at least they kind of make up for it by being relatively squishy like paper if you might you might you might say they're terrible. Ah, that's they great. are not, in fact, terrible. They're pretty great. <laughs> yeah, they seem pretty good. Okay, so the defensive trigger says, basically, if anything just looks at her, they get this Karmic Fade upgrade. Specifically, it's a defensive willpower trigger. This is after resolving. 
they get this upgrade. Uh, they don't get a choice on that. I, is the mask built into defense for that? Yes. Let me go back. So if you target her, don't have to hit her. Don't have to miss her. Just target her. Then you get this Karmic Fate upgrade. Unless you ignore defensive triggers. It says, basically, Minako can now deal uh, irreducible damage to you. And when you die, you become a Wan Yudo. That obviously gets controlled by the other team. If Minako is not the one not the one that kills you you suffer three damage and come in slow but still you become a one yudo regardless of the existence of monaco ray or not so my proposed change is change that to after this model is killed by an enemy monaco ray and then regardless it suffers three damage and gains slow she's already summoning she doesn't need to get an extra model for you know i, I say free way too much but like, she doesn't really have to do anything. They just have to target her. That's it. You don't need a one Yudo. One Yudo are, are, one, they're, they're crazy fun to play, but, like, they don't, they don't, you're getting caught sheer. You don't need another really mobile model, okay? That's, that's, that's my adjustment for Monaco Ray. She has to be the one to kill the model. I can see that. I will say I've played her a fair bit, and I've only gotten one of these once, just because most people look at her and go, no, I'm not attacking you. I'm attacking something else. Uh, so it's a really good deterrent, and that lets you never get out that upgrade. But I like your your change. I dig that. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. There's. I believe there's ways to sort of make her not ignorable. Say a certain yeah, upgrade no, you, that we might be covering. Yeah, that, and you can just stick her in people's faces, and they have to deal with her. Yeah. But if you don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Would just, would just, would just re- removing the built-in mask would that break this model? She's a henchman. She'll just stone for it. It's such so, a good. It's such yeah. a good upgrade. Right. So why is it built in? Is kind of my my point. I'm for so- the deterrent, I think. Also because thunders get everything they want. <laughs> also true. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. Moving down the list. What else needs to be hit with a shovel, Dave? Hucksters. They are far too good for their cost, even out of keyword. Basically, they can scheme and just not be in any danger at all, ever. So they're soulstone miners. Well, um, soulstone miners that can throw out two scheme markers instead of one. So they're soulstone miners that that can score on turn two instead of having to wait for turn three. Yeah. And they also have Secret Passage, so they can just teleport through any blocking terrain, chuck out some markers if they're given fast, which is not difficult in Ten Thunders, teleport back through that terrain and be completely safe. Seems really good for six or seven out of keyword. Oh, and they're manipulative, so they're going to go last. So they're very safe, always. Okay, how do you fix them? Remove false claim and add dropping a marker as a trigger to secret passage. Hmm. If you update that for them, you need to make it not secret passage, though, or else Seamus does it too. Well, I mean, not, triggers yeah, don't not have to all, carry. Uh, that's yeah. fair. The problem is, is that if we still have something like search the ruins, that's even easier for them to do. Yeah, and and I'll say this: I I do agree they need something but i think that this is one where despite our rules the 
the place to start on these would be a price increase. Yeah. Because their actual cost is that the things you want them to do are both pretty decent TNs. Like the, the false claim, you are throwing out two schemes, yes, but you have to pay it with another scheme at the end of the turn. So you have to still have put out two schemes automatically if you want both of the two that you're putting out to be there. That also requires a six to go off, which isn't bad by itself, but Secret Passage requires an eight. And if you take two of these, like most McCabe crews do, you're hurting on target numbers already. So their their actual cost is in target numbers and other resources, which is why I think, again, other than our rules, I would make these guys cost seven and probably call it a day. Okay. I think you should just attack Secret Passage. It, like, on a fluff perspective, it makes no sense that if someone's literally right next to you, you can just poof out of existence. So, and this will affect Seamus, but I don't think it's going to hurt Seamus too terribly much. I think Secret Passage should only be um, doable if they're not engaged. I'm good with that. possibly also require them to pop up outside of, I know, six inches from an enemy model. That specifically that idea being like even if they have fast, they have to secret passage, walk, and then false claim because assu- I'm assuming we're doing false claim for like um, dig their graves or detonate charges. So while yeah. you're you're doing that, you're getting those markers out. Suddenly you have you've lost the ability to teleport to safety. So this is the gamble that I like so much on models. Don't know if that's too much though. I definitely I like the the needing to not be engaged. I think that's where you'd want to test it. And then if that's not enough, go to the add on the rest of it. Yep. Okay, cool. What's next? Who's next? What do we got next? Next. Oh, oh, goody. Roman, Roman, Roman. Tell me about Yasunori. Well, he's a cancer horse. Okay. Uh, Doug. That explains all the colors. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he's cheaper than all four of the writers and he's better than all of them. Uh, specifically because his way of adding the suit that he wants for everything does not require an actual resource like the other writers do. In this case, for every two cards in the opposing player's uh, control hand rounded down, models add plus mask to their final duel totals. Uh, And then he also has a defense and move uh, trigger of when resolving, reduce the damage he suffers by one for each mask in his final duel total. So potentially minus three if it's early in the turn and you have a six cards hand on top of hard to wound and flight and move seven defense six willpower three. Oh, and, and did I mention his sword is stat six with a built in positive with two triggers on masks, one of which is choose X models within pulse five where X is equal to the number of masks in your final dual total push them up to two inches in any direction. I honestly think that's pretty cool. It's it's gross, but the problem is that I've never actually... I've, I've seen that used once. And the every other time I've faced him, it's the other mask, which is Onslaught. Because, you know, if the uh, swarms way back in Arcanist have it built in for a 2-3-5, he has it built in for a 2-4-5 with a positive flip on a 6 stat, that's, you know... Perfectly fair, right? That's really the issue I have. I think the the change for him is either make it to where the the 
suit gaining ability is based off tokens like all the other riders, or it only allows to add the suits to his resistance triggers. And if the latter is the case, make that resistance trigger like max out at two. I think that would be fine with a six positive flip. You're going to find that mask on the attack often enough as is. You don't need it built in. Um, I don't like I, I. I agree with that. I guess I don't really have a rebuttal. Do I'm we lucky. treat this like every other writer and also remove hard to wound? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm okay with that. Like I, I agree with Roman that like his usefulness from turn one to turn five. It's probably better than the writers getting their super duper abilities turn three if they haven't spent any of their tokens. I think maybe another like bigger issue, but I can't really say that because it's coming up later, is like Masked Agent being also to drag something along with the with me and him being so resilient uh, with that unnerving presence or uh, is also just just a pain. But again, that's 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 really more on the upgrade than him as well but yeah taking the uh, taking the edge off of the onslaught would be would be good Dave anything um, no, I mean if we're going if we're gonna treat this like an actual writer then yeah removing hard to wound is a start just to make it more killable if it's gonna have that much damage output it shouldn't be as hard to take down as it is. Okay, moving on to the cheese master himself, Shenlong. Um, surprisingly enough, neither of these two guys picked him up, so I put it on myself to talk about how to fix Shenlong. How do we fix Shenlong? Shenlong's really, really, really good. Uh, definitely a case of one, like an up, like the hardest. Shenlong's so hard to balance because the idea is to like make all of the upgrades viable. But he is one upgrade 99% of the time, and then another upgrade uh, once, once in a while. And then the other two, he just... I guess I've heard one time he brought the healing upgrade. Friend of a friend sort of thing. But I think we all know that, like, Drunken Kung Fu needs touched somehow. And I had two ideas for it. One put a cost on it say like oh to like activate it for an action you need to spend a chi so we're draining more chi out of his hands i mean off off his card i don't i don't know where he put the i don't know where he puts his chi <laughs> i don't know if those pants come with pockets but if they don't i definitely don't know when to know where he puts his chi but like the thing about the drunken kung fu that i'm, I'm sure you all know but the fact that like there's no way around it outside of forcing in a low card so that he's somehow on a positive but even if you're like hard to wound you're screwed you can't even stone to put a negative flip on it like you can and against leviticus no you're just yeah you're screwed and it applies to his other attacks too one of which he can give himself uh irreducible damage so one i don't think he needs irreducible damage i don't think he needs it just remove that remove that trigger and then fix Drunken Kung Fu, either put a cost on it, or, and this is, like, really wordy, one, give him honorable. It seems very, very fluffy. and also means you can't just stack a bunch of distracted on him and then give him also positive flips to the attack. No. Just give him honorable. He seems like a very honorable guy. And that, that'll, that'll, that's a very, very elegant way of sort of dealing with the issue. And I think... 
yeah, if we're, if we're not doing the pay, pay a cost, then maybe only have the drunken kung fu, fu apply to the accuracy bonus or the determined accuracy of the attack. So, like, it would still be affected by things like soul stones and hard to wound. And I think that might be enough for him. But I guess another issue is that he's good pretty much by himself as long as he has his has his uh, aspiring students mm-hmm. and doesn't rely enough on his crew. So you can bring all the bro- all the really, really good versatile stuff and non-versatile stuff. But uh, thoughts on Shenlong? I think he got it with the honorable, ultimately. My concern with changing anything about Drunken Kung Fu is I love Moon Shinobis, and that's what makes them work okay. in some really funny ways. So, so give it a I, new I, name. Yeah, give, give it a new name and have them just be the the positives to the... Or switching the positives and negatives to the duel and not the damage, I think would be fine. Or honorable, or both if one isn't the other. I totally agree with you uh, about the he doesn't need irreducible. I've been singing that song since second ed. <laughs> Dave? There's a lot I don't like about Shetlong. <laughs> but yeah, this, the, it's a good start. I mean, having both, having played, unfortunately, played Titania into Shetlong. Oh, God, no. Yeah, it was the worst of all worlds because he just had that free six-inch move and then positives on everything. I couldn't cheat low enough to get him back to regular flip. It was a bad time. <laughs> to, to be fair... I'll, I'll say this to be fair. He does have to pay a chi to do the um, drunk falling rave kick, which seemed like he had infinite chi. He does get a lot of chi. Yeah, some might even call him cheesy. Jesus, cheesy, Jesus. Yes, yes. That's what I'm calling him now. Jesus, C H I S U S. And all of his chi is in the form of cheesets in his cheese-colored pants. I think we're like at the point where this is like a triple pun, so I'm gonna stop before we rip a hole in space time. Um, <laughs> let's move on. We got two things left. Dave, tell us about your model. Um, I picked samurai because they are miniature fuhatsus with Gatling gun that can also run you down and just kill things very easily. It's got Blade Rush. It's got Rush. <laughs> they can focus for a bonus action. Uh, they have Armor 2. And they have Crit Strike on their on their Dido that ignore armor. I think remove Crit Strike would be a good start. There's just a lot of really good things on the melee. Pair that with the upgrades. I forget the one. I think it's Masked Agent. Yeah. Yep, makes, we'll get to make, that. Yeah, makes this model ridiculous. To the point of why wouldn't you bring it? Because it's a minion and versatile, so there's no penalty. I mean, they are cost nine, but armor two and juggernaut. I mean, that alone will keep that model up pretty easily. So yeah, at least start with remove crit strike. Okay, sounds good. I'd, I'd add to that, uh, make their heightened senses that lets them take the concentrate as a bonus action instead of that being an ability. Make it a bonus action but make it have a target number so that they can't auto do it. If you want to do it as a bonus action, you got to get the right card for it. Like a five. Yeah. Yeah. Five or six. It doesn't have to be high. Just to keep them a little honest. Yeah. Okay. Roman. <laughs> All right. So we're flipping the other side of that coin and going to the 10 uh, thunders upgrades. 
which are, and I say this as primarily an Arcanist player, we have really good upgrades. The 10 Thunders upgrades make me jealous. Specifically, the, the two main ones are Mast Agent, which lets you bring along a friendly uh, within three of you after you charge. Doesn't matter what size they are. And as long as you are now engaging an enemy model, you place them into base contact. So you could have a little Tanuki charge somebody with this and bring Yasunori along. I don't know why you would, as opposed to just put it on Yasunori and have him bring, I don't know, McCabe along or Shen or Jeez. anybody else. On top of that, they have a six inch aura where enemy models within it may not declare resistance triggers. And then as the minion ability, their attack actions gain a mask coordinated attack trigger. So if you put this on a minion, you charge in, bring along your big nasty thing. And then after you hit cheating in a, a mask, they hit and the target can't do any uh, resistance triggers on it. The main thing that bugs me about this is the unnerving presence. Like that should either be models engaged by this model can't declare resistance triggers or it just be counterspell. So you can discard a card to get out of it or put that just on. And, and even that, I don't think if you switch that out to make that the minion option, I don't think that fixes it because you just put it on the minion and have them charge around carrying around the big beater. And now the big beater just hits you with all of their AP instead of the one they maybe needed to walk first for. So yeah, that's, that's the big kind of overall every Thunders list I've played or played against. I think I haven't seen this maybe twice, but again, Arcanists have a lot of resistance triggers, so I see it all the time across the table for me. Yeah. The other one is Train Ninja, which I actually really like the, the idea behind this. It gives a model unimpeded. It gives them stealth. Very ninja-y things. And if they're a minion, it gives them from the shadows. So instead of being deployed at the start of the game, uh, or they, they do deploy at the start of the game rather than during deployment, and if you do that, they go anywhere on the table that is at least six inches away from the enemy deployment zone, and it can't interact on the first turn. For most models, that's not a problem. But let me turn you back to those samurai that Dave was just talking about with their 12-inch guns and armor 2. Normally, from the shadows is a trap because you go, oh, it's mostly on snipers. I, don't wanna, I want to get them just far enough out of my deployment zone to where they can get somewhere useful turn 2 to interact and maybe get a, sh a good shot off turn 1 in the meantime. But if you put them up further than that, they're going to die because they're squishy. Samurai are not squishy, and this allows them to place, like, middle of the board, or even up further, but they don't need it with their long-range guns, with Concentrate for free, with a built-in positive flip. Here's my simple solution to this one. You're a trained ninja. You gotta be fast and quiet. Being armored up is not quiet. Make a restriction on this saying, no armored models can take it. You're good. Yeah. Man, that's a great idea. Fully agree with the train ninja thing. That's a cool solution. Admittedly, I'm not sure how to break it. It still could be broken, just not on samurai. But for now, yeah. that's that seems to like samurai are the big issue with train ninja. You kind of hinted at it, but I think you could possibly get away with mass agent still having a nerving presence. But again, put it on a minion who's easier to kill than Yasunori. I would not put coordinate attack up uh, on the ability that anyone can get. No, sir. I would change coordinate attack to something. I'm just not entirely sure what. 
but well, at that point, but at that point, really, your solution is better. Just either make it like directly involving the model with the upgrade, or make it counterspell. But like, I, I, I guess I wanted to sort of keep unnerving presence on the card, so I don't make it sound like, oh, I'm an arcanist with the defensive trigger. I don't want to have to <laughs> deal with it. I want to. I'm cool with dealing with it. I just wanted to put on something that, like, can be killed in a a couple activations as opposed to my entire team going after it. Yeah. Or, or, or here's worst case scenario. Like worst case, make it a like two inch aura. Cause right now at a six inch aura, if you put that on a 30 mil base, you have a 13 inch slightly more than diameter bubble, which is like a third of the table where you cannot declare any resistance triggers. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Dave, anything else? Uh, you guys Nailed it, I think. Um, both of these upgrades shouldn't have made it out of the beta, basically. <laughs> well, well, this is our, our suggested changes. Some more serious than others. Obviously, if any idea sounds good, then go ahead with it. But we are definitely not demanding that any of these changes happen. Yes, we're not demanding them. I tried to decide whether or not I should like put my foot down on some of these. And I was like, nah, we're steam-powered scoundrels. We're not going to be like super hardcore these are how you've got to fix these things it's our suggestion we're having a little fun a lot of these changes can be fixed more elegantly just with price increases but i made my rules and gonna unstick them to them so thank you roman and thank you dave for coming on no thanks for having us i for one personally expect weird will keep doing what they've done in the past and come up with way more elegant and cool ways of fixing these issues. Yeah, I but expect a pretty good, to be good smarter idea than me. Yeah, they, they have a pretty good idea of what needs to happen. And thank you, listener, for listening to this. And don't you worry, the buff episode will be coming up next. Um, we might have to publish every week in February to get these out before the errata drops, because that got announced. So, yeah, we'll see you, uh, see you soon. Thank you for listening. And as I always say, fun is always king. Have a good night. Bye. Songs used in this production are Villainous Treachery and Five Card Shuffle. All music is created by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.